Hi, Bryce. It's your fellow Kageon beauty, Morgan. You know, your one true alliance. Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. I know I've been MIA from just about everything, but I have to say I'm so proud of you and your podcast. I miss you and hope all is well in Philly. And let's catch up sometime. Maybe even on the Purple Pants podcast. Issa, Issa. It's a purple pants podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. Hello, 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 and what's the tea? What's going on, everyone? I'm Bryce Isaiah, and I'm your host of the Purple Pants Podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. Yes! Are you guys ready for a salacious episode? Because I am. What's going on? I'm so excited to be in your eardrums, in your car, in your Walkman, in the back of Uncle Pookie's trunk, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful for you. But listen, if you could do me a favor, if you could make sure that you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Or wherever it is that you get your podcast, make sure you leave your baby boy a review. I see those reviews coming in. Come on, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Give me your. Uh, uh, uh. Tell me more. Oh, wait, is that Grease? Tell me more. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, I think that is Grease. Oh, hey, listen. Okay, wait. First of all, finish what you were saying, Bryce. Yes. If you guys can make sure you write a review, okay, give your baby boy five stars and tell a friend to. To tell a friend to tell a friend yes because we over here popping on a purple pants podcast now first of all want to give a shout out to my purple pants posse because you know last week i was saying let's get physical physical and i said it was paul <laughs> abdul okay and the purple pants got me together it is olivia john newton that sings let's get physical physical but how has everyone been doing? I hope everyone is well. I hope you're listening. I hope y'all closing them windows at night. Because listen, over here in Philly, it's like 70 degrees during the day. Okay. And it's 50, 40s at night. The weather is changing. The leaves are falling. Okay. And listen, I need my purple pants posse to be safe. Okay. So like I was telling y'all before, I'm finna shut the internet down. With my Halloween costume this year, okay? All of the pieces came in. And yes, I did say pieces because it ain't just one thing. It's a couple of things. It's an ensemble. And so I know everybody was like, well, what are you going to be? What are you going to be? Well, listen, you have to wait until this weekend to see when I unveil the costume. But listen, that one hint that I will give you is that, yes, my costume might be an individual costume. However, it's really about the supporting cast okay that makes the costume hit okay that's all i'm telling y'all that's all i'm telling y'all okay so be on the lookout of the instagram i might do an ig live when i'm getting ready you know but you know baby boy gonna drop a salacious photo so listen but anyway what y'all what else y'all been up to what, what how the kids how everybody else you want to know what i've been up to Busy as a tea. 
I'm busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. You know. Yes. Well, actually, Baby Boy was not busy as a quarantine bee this weekend. I did absolutely nothing. And when I mean nothing, Baby Boy did nothing. And I loved every bit of it. I feel like sometimes in life, we got to just take a break. And really just slow down. And so Baby Boy was up in the bed watching movies after movies after TV shows, just really catching up. And I loved every bit of it. I just loved not to be bothered. You know, I had my phone on Do Not Disturb. And I was really just getting my life by being by myself. Now, also, I and again, you know, I'm always open and honest with you. Now, great. This is something great for me. You know, just take a break. Stop being so busy. But this is something that I have to be careful with because, you know, around this time of year, when the seasons change, we fall back. OK, we set the clocks back. It gets darker. It gets later. Baby boy, I get content with doing things like this. So I just I don't want to fall back into that pattern. But I also want to take some time and just. You know, chillax a little bit. Have a salacious bed day. Nothing's wrong with having a salacious bed day, okay? Yes, I ordered me some Chinese food. Okay, you know, baby boy went to whistle a little bit. And actually, I watched this movie called Morning Glory with like Harrison Ford, Rachel McAdams, and uh, what's her name? Diane Keaton. I love Diane Keaton. And it was just like a random movie. And I always love to pick movies that I would never normally watch because I normally just watch the same type of movie so I always purposely try to pick movies that I would not normally watch so I saw this I was like okay I'll pick it and it was like you know just a random little movie about a girl who was a a producer of a show and she really liked the show that she was working on she thought that she was going to get promoted she ended up getting fired she had to take a new talk show at a not popular station and really had to kind of work her way up and she always dreamed of being uh, an executive producer for like the good like the today show and so she's at this like itty bitty like hole in the wall essentially network and the the ratings are in the ground and you know she really has to get the team around her she has to harrison ford plays this world world renowned journalist who is you know about the expire out on his contract and really just trying to not really do much but he's got a nasty attitude so she really has to kind of like pull everybody together and in the end she really makes a great show and of course there's a love interest in there and once the show is on and popping Good Morning America calls and you know they want her and it's like literally her dream however she's cultivated this relationship and this family and she ultimately doesn't leave and kind of stays where she's at and loves it and so like for me I'm just you know eating some Chinese foods you know sipping some Tito's or orange juice and just chilling but as I'm watching this I'm really just like getting something out of this movie in the sense that we all have dreams we all have aspirations in life and we always feel like it's never happening and like you know where where we currently are sometimes we don't take for granted we take for granted and you know the second that you know we are no longer where we're at and we have to start over and you know our dream gets furloughed or we think our dream can never happen and just when we least expect it you know our dream can 
morph into something that we never even thought of. And, you know, in the movie, her dream came along and they wanted her to be an executive producer at the Good Morning America show. But her dream had already manifested where she currently was. And so for me, it's like, just be present. You know, it's, of course, dream big and, you know, have dreams that you want, but also be present and be open to the fact that our dreams that we have for ourselves, like, the universe could have bigger for us and we've got to make sure that we're vigilant to be able to see it because you never know this world might got a salacious something nice for us and if all we ever want is like this big dream and don't really take what is important and what is present and see where we're at now it is you know we'll miss out on a huge opportunity so I was like okay come on TV speak to me speak to me yes okay anyway that was just you though i just was telling y'all what was up but i'm so excited for this week's episode i've got a salacious a salacious a salacious episode for you guys this week let me give you the rundown i've got the church announcements i've got ahmad and b with the casual t my girl Jatia Taylor Hart is back with the Real Housewives of Potomac talk. And then I've got Brooke Kamhai back. Okay. Back, back, back again to give us the amazing race tea. And we've got advice with Bryce. And we got free of the week. Okay. So get ready for a salacious episode. Now let's get into these church announcements. And on this week's church announcements, I've got two quick church announcements. My first church announcement is when this podcast drops, we will be one week away from our presidential election. And I think that it's so important for us to exercise our rights to vote. Okay, so make sure you guys hit the polls, you get out, you put your mask on and you go vote. And if you have got the opportunity to vote early, get out and vote because our vote matters. Okay, don't listen to the people that's like, oh, yeah, vote. No, trust me. Okay, listen, it matters. Get out and vote. Our last church announcement of this week. I just want to let you guys know I have updated the Bryce Isaiah store and I've got some new Purple Pants podcast goodies for you guys. So listen, make sure you support your baby boy if you can. I've got some keychains. Okay, you a part of the Purple Pants Posse. You better get a keychain. I've got some magnets. I actually have some pins, the pins that you can wear on your clothes. Okay, put it to a jacket, put it on a book bag. Okay, support your baby boy. And you know them zaddy calendars, they still available. I mean, they is going like hotcakes. Okay, so make sure you scoop you up a Bryce Isaiah 2021 zaddy calendar as well. You can visit my online store at Bryce Dash. Isaiah.myshopify.com. Okay. Bryce dash Isaiah.myshopify.com. Okay. And spend some love. All right. Now let's get into this menu. 
It's a man who? It's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And we are back with the casual tea with a modern B. It's the casual tea with a modern B. Hey, hey, hey. Go lower for it. Go lower for it. It's the casual tea with a modern B. It's the casual. It's the casual. It's the casual. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. I thought you meant like get low like Megan Thee Stallion on those knees. Yes. Come on. Yes. I got. Come on. I got the Ben Gate on my knees, so I'm getting low. Hey, hey. Hey, what is going on? How are you? I'm good. I am, uh, I feel like at this point, Bryce, I have reached the, the, oh the, 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 the stage of, you know, I had to throw it out. I told, I told you last week, come with a better disposition. <laughs> I feel like I have reached the stage of acceptance. It has been it has been a, a, a long season. It has been a tumultuous season. Lots has happened. Lots of ups and downs. But at this point, I have made peace with everything that is going to happen. Um, oh I also felt a little bit of Schadenfreude this past weekend, and I know that's oh. bad for those of you that don't know that word. Schadenfreude is a German term for happiness at the displeasure of others. And typically, I am not the person to be happy at other people's misfortune, but there is just, after a long ass season of I told you so's, it just sort of culminates to that point where you're like, well, bitch, one last time, I told you so. And so, oh. here we are. And I'm kind of just like at this oh. point where it's like, it is what it is. Oh gosh! Not the Tramana. What's it called? The the Togan Frogan? Oh gosh! Schadenfreude. S C H A D E N F R E U D E. Oh come on, spelling B. Okay, am I in the B? Okay, listen. They know it was a spelling B. So. I mean, okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, should we just should we just end the casualty right now? Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> or like, I mean, do I dare ask what happened last we left off? We were at the final. Was it the four, or am I missing somebody? We was yeah, at I think we four, were at right? the we were at the final four. Memphis had just gone out. Uh, they had this chessboard hoh competition where you could only move, and I th- I think you could only move. Uh, two spots forward and one to the left or whatever it is. You can only move in the shape of an L, essentially. And uh, since Nicole was the HOH, of course she didn't participate. So it was Cody, Enzo, and Nicole. Of course, Christmas has been coming after Cody for a little bit, for quite some time now. So of course she was coming after him. Christmas, or excuse me, Cody of course had no choice but to go right back after her, which left Enzo sort of able to just, you know, Reap the benefits of the two of them going after one another. And, of course, Enzo wins the competition. He becomes the final four HOH, guaranteeing his spot in the final three. The, fi- the final three. Okay. The so f- oh, final listen, three. I, yep. Okay. My playbook. Okay. Bitch, call me Bryce Isaiah Enzo. Okay. Because, <laughs> listen, I like to be final three. 
Okay. Yep. So, and last that you were saying was that, like, this is the covenant. This is what you want to win at this point of the game is that HOH, this final HOH, correct? Well, yes and no. You want to win this. You do want to win it so that you can get into the final three. But the real power this week is the the veto. Whoever wins the veto is the person that casts the sole vote to evict. Because the HOH never votes, right? And the two, okay. the two nominees never vote. The only person that doesn't, the only person that votes is the one that's off the block. So if you have the veto, you won't touch the block, meaning you get the vote. Um, so un- unless, of course, the HOH wins the veto, then of course, whoever's off the block, you know, will get the vote. Um, but the HOH will not. But uh, yeah, so he is just going to go ahead and put up Christmas and Nicole. Uh, he wants, excuse me, uh, Enzo wants. Christmas to stay in the game because he has a really bad feeling that mm, maybe maybe <laughs> you think you think exactly you think after all this time he's starting to feel a little he's feel, starting to feel just a tad bit shifty about Cody and Nicole he's like I don't know they might actually take each other over me to the final two and on top of that he's wanted Nicole out for a while now he had ample opportunity to get her ass out Back when Tyler and Nicole voted her, or Tyler and Christmas voted her out, but he didn't do it. But now he's like, I really want that champion out. She's won before. Let's get her out of here. Oh, now she's um, a champion. So he, now you want her out. Oh, now she, you know uh-huh. what, Enzo? Schwartz and Florden, okay? Shot in Freud a bitch. Oh, okay. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, so, um,. He's telling Christmas on the low. He's like, look, like I, I do kind of want you to stay this week. You just got a gun for that gun for that veto. Yeah, that's it. Like, if you win the veto, then we can send Nicole out of here. Um, now, whether or not Christmas would actually send Nicole out over Cody probably wouldn't have happened. Um, but it's still a better position. But either way, right. It, it's a better shift that if, you know, we get Cody out, then boom, he's going and it's still kind exactly. of like, you know, okay, okay. I'm you are still, you're still, at least you get the chance to go to the final two with Christmas versus Nicole or Cody, which is still good for your game anyway. But uh, yeah, that's not going to end up happening. <laughs> the veto happens. And Cody wins the veto, meaning that now Cody officially has gone, and Enzo have officially gone the entire season mm-hmm. with never touching the block. Mm-hmm. If you even want to count the final three, which I wouldn't really count because there really isn't much that you could do at that point, you, they've never touched the block at this point. So they've both so, cemented their, par, their, their spot in the final three. So if <laughs> this doesn't happen... But if they had a, a random surprise performance and it was J-Lo and she was singing, I'm just Jenny from the block, they would have no <laughs> reference to that song. They would just be like, I don't know what she's The singing. block? Never heard of that? Never <laughs> smelled that? Never tasted that? <laughs> I don't know who this man is. If I've seen him before. Mm. I, oh, is, that, is that a new game? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. No. No, yeah, they have, they have, they're good. They, they, that was, this is such a strong storyline to sell to the jury at the end of this is that you've never touched the block. It's, it's so good. And there were jokes here in, uh, before the nominations. Enzo was like jokingly saying, Cody, I think I might just nominate you because I, because I just want to be the only person that can say that. But of course he doesn't do it because they're bros, Italians, Italians from Jersey. And, uh, yeah, so Cody wins that veto. And uh, Christmas tries to make a few pitches here and there. Like, look, like, I promise, Cody, if you save me, I will take you to the final two. I will not take Enzo. Obviously, Nicole will be gone at that point. But uh, 
but Co- Cody's like, no, nah, it's just that's just no, no, because Mm-mm-mm. now all of a sudden you're trying to get me to believe that you want to work with me after we've kind of been at odds for the past couple of weeks. Not going to happen. And uh, yeah, so not, not the uh, the uh, Thursday show happens. There's no need for anybody to go into the diary room and vote because all there is is just Cody. So he stands up. He tells Nicole and Christmas that he just, he respects them both. But uh, Christmas, mm. we got to go. So Christmas has been canceled. Oh, God. oh no. Oh, no. What about Christmas mm. Eve? <laughs> well, and look, the whole season was her Eve, and now... <laughs> oh, I hate you. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Uh, so I mean I guess it really is no no there there because uh, essentially Cody just won a season (laughs) essentially so now the way that the final HOH works is that there are three parts to it right so the the whoever all three of them will participate in part in part one whoever wins that automatically goes to part three then there's part two whoever wins that goes to part three as well the, the the person who loses just has to sit on the block and wait for the winner of the HOH to decide who they want to take to the final two. So as long as Cody is able to get to the final to the final uh, to the part three of the HOH and win it, he's probably won the game at this point. Um, the only way so, that he loses is if somebody takes him out. That's what I believe. So. I'm assuming for Big Brother fate. I mean, is it weird that the person that I'm rooting for at this point is Enzo? Uh, no. I wouldn't call that weird. I would call it misguided. <laughs> so, who... Like, you're the almanac. Who... You know, I'm the pupil. Who... who like, so, at this point, who, who do you want to... Who are you rooting for? Despite, you know, your snuggles for it. Like, who do you want to win? Like, or who are you rooting for, essentially? Uh, I mean, I... I kind of have to give it to Cody here. I think that he's just played the most solid game. And it, 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 I think he's had a bit of the strat, the strategy. He's, uh, he's had the social game as well. No one really doesn't like him. I mean, he had that little tiff with Kevin. But after Kevin goes to jury and cools down for a number of weeks, is I don't really think that Kevin's going to hold that against him. Like... So, you know, having tiffs here and there, that doesn't really, you know, indicate a bad social game. And then on top of that, he has the comp wins, you know, and he has like comp wins that are like long term. You know what I mean? Because it's one thing to have competitions throughout the season. It's another it's another thing to have competition wins when there's like three people left. Those aren't as impressive. Like, sure, you can say, um, you know, I, I secured my spot in the end. Yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. But how instrumental were you? in the beginning and in the middle of the game and I just feel like Cody was more more so than Enzo and more so than Nicole now I will give Nicole this because okay, Ooh, it listening. is a hard thing getting to the end of Big Brother let alone getting to the end of an all-star season let alone let alone getting to the end on an all-star season as a winner so she definitely has a strong case to make for herself I think that where she falls and where she fails is all of the people that are in the jury, most of them are the committee. Most of them are going to be more familiar with the things that Cody has been doing than with Nicole. Because Nicole has been so... Uh, just she, doesn't, she hasn't really done enough 
Um, and there really isn't any way for her to explain her game and explain her moves because they really aren't there. Sure, she can say, well, I wasn't, I couldn't do those moves because I'm a winner and I had to be, I had to maintain a low profile. But I'm like, okay, that's true. But how far can that excuse go? And also, couldn't Cody kind of just rebut that by saying, well, there was a week where you tried to save your buddy Ian and I clipped him because I knew that you would come to me if Ian was gone. So it just feels like there's so much that, Cody can say to trump any of Nicole's points. Now, will Cody be able to have the wherewithal to bring up all of those salient points? Because Cody, I mean, he's he's a little, he can be a little bit of an airhead sometimes, a little bit. I'm not calling him dumb, but you know, he's a, he's a little, you know, he's not always as quick as I would like him to be. So there is maybe a chance where if he does sit next to Cody or Nicole in the final two, maybe Nicole can sort of like knock him out with all of the the verbal stuff as it comes to it. So we'll see. We'll see. I think that no matter what, if Cody gets to the final, if he wins the final HOH and he cuts Nicole, he'll win. I think he has a really good shot of beating Nicole, as it is. But if he cuts her, he wins. For Enzo, if he cuts Cody, I don't know if he'll beat Nicole. I don't know, but it's. I think he has a stronger chance of beating Nicole than he does for Cody. And then in Nicole's instance, if Nicole cuts Cody, it's over. She wins. She wins. So my question to you is, do you feel like Enzo has the enough where to be like, hey, I know that I can't be Cody. And if he wins, I need to take Cody out. Or is he so bro, bro that like, I'm going to take you to the end, bro, bros to the end. Like, what are your thoughts on Enzo's awareness of the game? So I think he knows that. I think that deep down there is a bit of apprehension there because... Okay, so the, the 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 Thursday show happens. Uh, Christmas goes out of there. Feeds go down. So the part one of the final HOH occurs. Feeds come back. Nicole has won part one of the HOH. The feeds come back for like five seconds, and all we really see is Cody says or Enzo says something about, "Oh man, like I really I really blew that." They go down again, and then they come back, and he's like, "Yeah, like." I really blew that. I'm like really upset with myself, man. Like I'm a uh, I'm 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 too old for this game now. I can't keep up with the youngins. So it seems like he knows that there is something between the two of them. He was really disappointed in himself for not winning part one. So that happens. So Nicole is automatically going to part part three. Yesterday, feeds go down again for part two. They come back. Cody has now won part two. And this time, the feeds come back for five seconds. We hear Enzo sort of like yelling a bit in the background. They go down. They stay down for like a whole hour. They come back up. Enzo is like talking to Cody and Nicole saying like, you know what? I I feel better now. I've calmed myself down. I think he was in the DR for a while, just cooling off a bit. He goes to take a shower while Cody and Nicole are still in the kitchen playing backgammon or whatever. And he's just talking to himself and saying like, damn it, I screwed the pooch. That's it, yo. I screwed it up. I, I I, I had one shot to to get to the end and I didn't do it. And now I'm sure my family is going to be upset with me. I didn't come here for third place. I'm so pissed at myself because I got third place the last time. And he's right. Back in BB12, he, he was sitting in the final three with Lane and Hayden. Both of them won part one and two. And so he's just sitting there at their mercy on the finale night, hoping that one of them will bring him, but he gets clipped at the final three. So now I think he's seeing his whole life flash before his eyes. He's seeing that moment when he could have taken out Nicole. And I feel like at this point, he's like, damn, I'm not sure if Cody would have taken me either or else he wouldn't be this upset. So I think that he knows, yes, maybe, maybe I should be taking out Cody as well, but it's 
too late. It's too late. It's too late to apologize. Oh, God. I'll see. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, I was about to sing my JoJo. It's too late. But, uh, so that's, I mean, I guess uh, it's so hard to, I don't know what to feel. Because, again, in in this situation like this, I'm like, I want to root for the underdog. But, I mean, who, who, show me an underdog in the final three, okay? <laughs> show me an underdog in the final three. Right. So I guess... <laughs> We have to now just wait. And so next week will be our last casualty. And I guess you will be reporting to us who is the winner of Big Brother All-Star. Yes, 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 yes. So there is the Monday show tonight, which I guess will show part one of the HOH competition. Um, Maybe part? No, they usually show part two during the finale. So yeah, part one of the HOH. We'll see what happens there. Um, how exactly the win happened for Nicole. And then on Wednesday is the finale, and we'll see part two. We'll see part three live, and the last eviction will take place. Oh, we also got to see a bit of the jury segment. We got to see Memphis come into the jury. Everybody was sort of shocked to see him there. They were thinking that Cody was like, probably had to be the next one to go. Like, there's no way they're going to let Cody stay in the game for that long. Um, They did not expect that Christmas would outlast Cody either or outlast Memphis either so they were all really shocked but then they watched the footage and saw what happened they saw how uh, Nicole had won HOH and then uh, they, they sent him a letter there. Nicole also won uh, Veto and so there is a bit of of like okay Nicole there's a bit of that energy in the, in the uh, in the jury because they're like this is the exact same thing that she did in BB18 and she's doing it again and like we could have taken her out and we didn't and now she is sitting there at the end and now Memphis is out and it's like if Nicole, if Nicole makes it to the end maybe she does deserve it Danny on the other hand was a little she could tell she was, little, she was a little bitter I still feel like Danny is still getting over the fact that she really screwed herself this season and she did not play the best game because she was like I don't want to just vote for somebody because they're a winner I need to know what kind of moves that you made and that's kind of what i was alluding to before where i was like nicole's downfall is that there are so many people in the in the committee that are in the jury that have a more a a, a better a clearer picture as to what she did in the game and it's like when you juxtapose that with cody's game i don't know if it i think it kind of pales in comparison but we'll see we'll see i mean it's it's a really really cool story at the end to say that i'm a winner and i made it to the final two again and i could become the first two-time winner of big brother but We'll see. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. I'm uh, I'm kind of like Team Cody, as I said before, but we'll see. We'll see. <sighs> I'm like low-key Team Enzo, but I'm excited to see and to have covered this entire Big Brother season with you. So I'm excited for next week for you to wrap it up and tell us what happened. Although it makes me sad that it means our casualty with a might be coming to an end. But hopefully, you know, you bring the energy and I know you'll bring the heat and the smoke. So I'm excited. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you for the casualty. Keeping the menu rolling, I'm excited to have my girl Jatia Hart-Taylor back, back, back again to cover Real Housewives of Potomac. What's going on, Jatia? Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Bryce. How are you? I'm really well. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me back. I can't wait to discuss the last two weeks and also let on. 
Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to start with La Dame? We should start where we left off, and that is La Dame. Well, I don't have a problem starting with La Dame. So, let's do it. Let go. Okay. So, last week, it was Ray, and he was foreshadowing, basically saying that um, Madame La Dame was getting too big for her britches. So we decided to see what these bridges were all about. So I shipped you a nice little a, a sachet. No, what was it? A roller, but wasn't it a, a, a nice little gift of yes. Ladam? And you're supposed to give us a brief Ladam review. So please tell us about it. Yes. So I was excited to get it actually when um, I came to my door. I didn't know what it was. I was like, ooh, I don't remember ordering nothing. And then when I saw the packaging, I saw that it was La Dame. Um, and I was excited to smell it. I am a perfume guru. Uh, yeah. I don't you normally smell amazing wear- all the time. You know, I try to do what I could do. I don't really wear cologne. Even, even though I do have some cologne, I prefer perfume. I like to wear perfume. Um, so, you know, I'm like, yes, I'm all about it. And for many of you that know, um, you know, I'm all about speaking things into existence. And when Jatia and I were at Ponderosa, and I normally liked to stay up all night and sleep during the day. <laughs> Jatia would break into my dorm, not even Good my dorm, morning. break into my hotel room. And Good yes, morning, I mean, yes, break, how are you? Break in. So Literally, like maybe the, like the, the first be locked and I'd be like, the oh, first morning. You know, the first night Jatia was there, we all like got had some beverages and we went to bed rather late. And then I was quite surprised that, you know, she was like at my door, like ready to hang out. Prior to that, it had been me and another contestant that went home before me. I don't really remember his name. Um, And like we would see each other in the afternoon. So Jatia came to my room and was you know (laughs) okay so after that first night I said okay bitch I'm gonna lock the door cause bitch I'm asleep so you didn't know who you were messing with like I grew (laughs) up in the hood locked doors don't matter and clearly I get what I want so Bryce was like oh I'm gonna stick this broom behind my sliding glass door and I was like this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take this hanging I'm gonna just gonna knock that broom out and just come on in your room okay and then I woke up (laughs) and she was in my bed I was like what the hell but anyway um, what I was very fortunate uh, to have Jatia was that we used to like sit on the porch and like have our morning coffee and we would like talk about the future and like what we wanted to get out of things and I had told Jatia I wanted to start a perfume line and um, you know I had already had the name of it it would be Fragrances by Bryce Isaiah and my first fragrance would be called Clarabelle after my late grandmother the mm-hmm. matriarch of our family and you know it's still on hold I did create a prototype for it but you know just I have not gotten to production yet but you know it's still in the realm of possibilities so I again when I say I'm a perfume guru I know about the the notes I know about stuff like that so I think that La Dame now first of all she's mm. <laughs> she's tell she's, us about the packaging like the, uh, audio unbox it for us please so okay now no shade to Karen but I was not impressed by the actual like box box it came mm. in um you know obviously she like Robin must be like boxing boxing them there herself. Now, uh-huh. what I can say oh. is 
it's an evolution because last year I was the first time I was selling my Zaddy calendars and my packaging was not the best. However, like, you know, fast forward to this year, you know, my packaging is everything and I put so much time and effort into anyone that purchases something from me. I literally pack it with love and I hope that it's received when they open it. So it was like literally just in a, in a brown box, you know, it, I could touch, she had printed out the label, cut it, taped it. And so I opened the box and it had the Ladam, you ordered me a roller and the the box that it was in was rather nice, cute. Okay. And so I had been doing work earlier that day, so I had to jump in the shower because, like, you know, I really I didn't want my musk to, you know, take on uh, the smell because a lot of the times with oil based, I don't know whether or not this is oil based, but this is what I've learned from perfume is that when I was building my perfume, my perfume was oil based because I wanted the person's pheromones mm-hmm. to mix it, with it, the perfume yes. so that each person's perfume it takes different notes so that. Literally, like I could put it on and it would smell different than you. So I was like, you know what? Let me wash up and shout. Listen, you know, working from home from quarantine, you know, I don't wash up every day. So I was like, I took a shower and I put it on. I wasn't impressed. I'll say that. Now, by no means am I trying to bash a black woman that is building an empire. I'm here for it. Now, Uh, what did not impress you about it? Like, what? I mean, what did it smell like? What are the notes in there? So let me hold on. I'm putting some on right now. Hold on. Okay. okay. So, for me, it has, it reminds me, back in the day, my mom used to love some white diamonds by Mm. uh, Elizabeth Taylor. So, I love the smell of white diamonds. And so, I I feel when you first smell it, it reminds me of that. However, um, anyone that, uh, you know, tests perfume or anything, you know, you put the perfume on and you wave your hand around, get the alcohol out. You You got to kind of like nay-nay with it. Yes. Yeah. But for me, and actually I'm smelling it right now and... So yeah, it's so it, it has a nice scent. However, mm. for me, it takes on a lot of cologne esque scents, and I don't like cologne. So now, that is this for me, specifically a perfume. I mean, I'm not sure. So I think that when Karen was uh, marketing it, because I did go back and watch the episode, she was, it it is a perfume, but she did very specifically say that it's like, you know, she wants it to be unisex. So that maybe a a man could wear this. And so it's just a, I I just don't like the aftertone, the after smell that I smell. Like the first initial, like... Of it, I love it. But then after what sits is kind of rather stronger and a little bit more masculine than I prefer. However, I do like it overall, um, and it is in my repertoire. And the next time that I have an event or somewhere to go out, I will absolutely layer myself with some Ladam. But when a scale of one to ten, I probably would give it like a six uh, regarding like how I like to smell. However, I uh, and that's just my personal opinion. Uh, some people like more of these type of like stronger scents. Um, and so, so is it, it might like be musky. Is that what it is? Like, is it's it not a, floral and flirty? It's and- not. It definitely has floral notes. It definitely has a little musk in it, but the musk isn't strong, which I do like. But it's I'm so, I, like I'm literally putting my hands to the microphone as if like you could smell it, but I do it's, smell it. I smell it. It's just it, it's just something with and you know with perfumes and fragrances there are different layers and so you get a first layer, a second layer. It's just that last layer for me that I right. don't 
love. But I mean, I, you know, for me, I have a slew of perfumes. Um, so sometimes. So, okay. If, so tell me, like, what are your what are your perfumes that are like nines and tens for you then? So, I, so we know what it ain't. First of all, I have an eclectic uh, collection of perfumes. Mm-hmm. So I have some very high-end perfumes, and then I have some very cheap, 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 cheap perfumes. So, you know, I like to mix and to dangle. Um, so, but I actually, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I have all of... Something, something really fake. <laughs> like, well, no, I have... I've got all of Beyonce's fragrances. Um, no, sir. No, sir. So, but some of them smell good. So, an actual one of my one of my hold on, wait. Let me just get it so I know what I'm saying. One, ooh, 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 see, see, one of my favorite fragrances is Can Can by Paris Hilton. Um, I love. No, you didn't. Yeah, right, I, let me write that down. Listen, I love, down. and I also love Paris Hilton's original scent. That is, is I think it's just called Paris Hilton. I love Paris. Hilton. I love me some Paris Hiltons. Um, listen, I do. Um, I love some Marc Jacob. I have some uh, Marc Jacob. Uh, what's this? Uh, Daisy. I have some mm-hmm. Chanel. I have some East Saint Laurent. Hold on, wait. What's this one? I forgot the name of this one. I have I have sent him down a rabbit hole, y'all. Yes, I've got one of my favorites is Coco perfume. Listen, one of my favorites is uh, Coco by Chanel. And then one of my other favorites is uh, more of a musty one is Trouble. I don't even know who this one is by. Uh, mm. But I stole this from Barb the last time I was at her house. Because my mom, Barb, my mom was listen. like, she is turn, a kind of source. Don't listen to this part. Right, of perfumes. And uh, what else? What is this one? Um, yeah, so I, I love them all. But so, I mean, I don't hate the fragrance. I just don't love it. And that's just my honest opinion. So I'm, I didn't want to get on here and be like, oh, I love it. And when I, I, I honestly don't. But I don't think that it's horrible. And, you know, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we slash you were able to support a black entrepreneur. That is the Karen Huger Ladom. So, you know, um, that's that. But I, I definitely will wear it. The next time I see you, which will hopefully be sometime soon, I, I'm going to wear Ladom for you so that you know we can get our our fragrances on i'm ready for it i mean i'm open to it i i really did actually want to you sound very far away i'm so sorry i was um um well i'm glad you could review where i wanted your opinion i think it was better that you got it than that i got it because i probably i ain't that into perfume so um, I, I, I much rather have you give me your thoughts on it and also then I can just make fun of you. So, and you know, that's a pastime of mine. It's just to annoy you. <clears throat> I guess. Well, that, we are 11 minutes in, so let's get into the Real Housewives of Potomac. So, okay. this... This week, we see Giselle and Juan going ring shopping. And, you know, Uh again, one thing that I love about Robin Uh and Juan is that they are very realistic. Okay, his budget for his wife's second... I wrote that bring. down. I wrote that down because I was like, "What? How much?" But listen, I ain't mad at that, okay? Because I, I don't am. think that I, I don't think that I'll ever get married. And if I do get married and someone proposes to me, that, listen, that's a reasonable price range for me, okay? You know, what? it thought, sure is a reasonable price range. You are correct, right? And that's why I like Robin and Juan. They are very like they are like the the viewers that watch them five thousand to nine five thousand to nine thousand dollars. That's a lot of money, okay? Okay, so, it, it was eight to ten because I wrote it down because I was appalled. Um, it was, 
It was five to five to nine, but I mean, it was five to it was five thousand to eight thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. No, 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 no. Yes, no. What happened was he looked at a ring. He looked at a ring that was eight like ninety thousand dollars. No, he no sir, no sir. He looked at a ring and it said fifty nine, and he was like, "That's not fifty nine hundred, is it?" And she was like, "No, that's fifty nine thousand." And he was like, "That's too much." And he said, "And it was." And she said, "Well, what are you thinking about?" And he said, "Mm, "About eight to ten thousand." And she said, "Oh, we can do that. Thank you very much. I just finished watching the damn episode." Anyway, so I still think whatever that was was like because this is the thing. They live in a very nice house. He has a very nice job. That sort of thing. So whatever. I mean, like, I'm not not. They rent a townhouse. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just gonna, I, this, ain't, this ain't the hill I'm going to die on. I, I, okay. I, I ain't like it for me. How about that? So, And that's fine. That's not your little life. That's that Robin. Is, and, that is correct. That's but Robin for all that and, um, stuff she's been going through, he better spend, and, you know, I'm just saying, if he got elected, for me, it's more not, than for me, so. for me, although I've never been married nor engaged, but for me, it's about the love, not the actual ring, honestly. And I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> let's. Let somebody shoot. Bring me a four hundred dollar ring, baby. I will wear it. Okay, like it's twenty thousand dollars. Um. Okay. So I'm just saying. For me, it's about the. It's for me. It's about the the love. Okay. Um. So keeping it moving, Monique. (laughs) Don't don't rush me. Okay. (laughs) So. Monique is getting ready for her Not So Lazy Moms uh, podcast reveal. And um, so she has her godfather, which I just think is so coincidental that, you know, she's surrounding herself by these preachers and her the uh, her husband's godfather happens to be a preacher. And he just so is happening to get her helping her get ready for this live event. And, you know, he is I'm just like, girl, she didn't call it Olivia Pope and they just trying to cover everything up and try to make it like she's so godly and so she is you know throwing a podcast then like which is like the next day and so she decides to invite some of the women so here's where i have a problem with monique and listen i'm not just hating on monique because she's not my favorite character because i feel like okay la shush okay (laughs) la shush so this is the issue that i have with her is that you know she is having a podcast event for money and you know she's like you know I really want the women to see that I've changed girl like stop the lie you want them there to drive the ticket sales one and two I was all here for Robin when Robin was like you know you're saying that you've changed but how can you have changed in two weeks and you still on Instagram and Twitter talk about knock them out so I was here for that and then she even was like I even wrote down that Monique was like you know they say they want me to change but they don't even show up for me to change like no girl I don't want to show up to an event that you're charging money to see you change I want to see you change over time I want to like see the evolution of you not just because the ca- the cameras are rolling so that's what I have to say to Monique but I'm sure you'll have to say something a little different so go ahead I let you la finish because um, <laughs> because we don't have all day. Okay, so I let you have your little wrong piece of information. So okay. Anyway, so what I wanted to say is, um, like, girl, black, they ain't coming to your thing, and they have every right to be as salt and salty as they want to be. 
um, and they don't need to show up and support you to change. So she realized that she needs to realize that she messed up. She did say that she, you know, was starting to see the error of her ways in the last episode. So conveniently, she, she just needs to know that she's gonna be in the doghouse. Um, despite wanting to, you know, show them that she's changed, she can't make nobody do nothing. So, girl, just go ahead and eat that one. I do want right. to point out that. I think she's always been very spiritual. I mean, she's met with her pastor and his wife a couple of times on the show before. I think she's been very spiritual. I think this is a balancing act that she has where she tries to be, you know, godly and she tries to have this perfect life and it's just a lot going on. So we see this building thing of her trying to do everything and, um, you know, too much and it's taking its toll on her. Um, I think that's a common thing among a lot of the housewives. We see even with Karen trying to do things and trying to capitalize on this new form, this new platform that they have. We see Robin with the hat, and Robin clearly is too busy to pay her IRS tax bill. Here you go. Here you go. I'm just saying it's it's a recurring theme, and you know it is a great opportunity to be on a show like this, and you do want to capitalize on it and have your different products and, and platforms so yes well yes well speaking of robin girl you gonna order me a ledazzle hat oh yes we are getting that that may be for the next um <laughs> for the next podcast okay i'm not gonna I'm lie the hats was cute though no the hats lie. are cute the one thing that i love about robin in her entrepreneurism is that i love how she has her her kids helping her and i I just love that. I love the fact that she's like, she's like shooting a commercial and like Cody, her son is like the photographer. I love stuff like that. And so I love to see Robin on her grind. And again, for me, a lot of the times I do say like Robin is kind of sort of like the Cynthia Bailey of this cast. She's kind of in the middle, but I have to say I like Robin a lot more than I like Cynthia Bailey Hill. Also, real quick shout out to Cynthia Bailey. She just got married to Mike Hill last week. Uh, Nene was not in attendance, although she was invited, but. So, Und- can I get an unding for that one? Uh, no, first of all, you not. Which yeah. we, we're, we're, what we're la- not going to do is come for Lanithia. Okay, get a wah, wah. listen, yeah. we're not coming for Lanithia on this la episode, la girl. So la keep la it. La Don't keep. make me come with my own sound effects. Okay. Okay, okay listen. So, and I didn't mean to call you a little girl. I meant to call you a la lady. <laughs> I think little girl, you know, I'm so young that it's just like you can't even. Yeah. Like, oh my god! So, so keeping so. it, keeping it la moving. Um, so then we see Karen and Ray. They're going to a life coach slash counseling, which I'm all here for. Yes, normalizing black. African-American people going to counseling. Um, This is something that I always encourage my mom because I feel like my mom has a lot of like childhood traumas that she takes out on us. And I'm Mm -hmm. always like, mom, no matter how old you are, you always like, I feel like counseling is something that can help. And so Barb is always on the fence about that. Uh, My mom Mm -hmm. is from the school of like, I'll pray Mm -hmm. about it. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very Mm -hmm. much so for prayer and spirituality, but I'm just like prayer it is a form, but you can also have multiple forms. But 
So we see Karen and Ray going to therapy about, you know, their marriage and their breakdown. And I was actually really like encouraged by Karen to actually say, like, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't say that during your tax time, I held you up and I never really got a thank you. And I thought it was really a lot for Ray to be like, well, that was in the past. No, MF, yeah. it like past yeah. or not, I still want a thank you. And so I just. Love but she got her that, thank you. I just would like to she, point out that she got her thank you. She did get her thank you. Um, so I was just kind of curious. Like, did you feel like it was sincere? Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes with these shows, I'm always like, is this sincere? Like, shouldn't we have had this conversation prior? But oh, I think he got cussed out good um, after the last little counseling session, um, and he came to his senses because she basically pulled it on him, and so. And she is correct. Like, I think he was, but, but honestly, like the way that she brought it to him, you know, he didn't want to be in that counseling. You know, he was fed up with other things. And I think he just tried himself and he realized that she wasn't playing like that. And so he came with it because she did hold him down. Right. And I think that I think that's important. I think in a lot of relationships and especially what we see on the housewives is that we'll have these housewives literally like that's their title when they come on. Their husband is successful. They're a housewife. And then, you know, after they're on the show, they start to ledazzle and sell perfumes and hats and all of this stuff. And then they actually become legitimate uh, breadwinners. And I feel like it's the struggle back and forth. So I think that that's a common thread that we see in the housewives. Um, speaking of the marriage, we have Giselle and Jamal mm. Bryant. And so y'all know me. I'm a huge Giselle fan. You know, Giselle. I'm gonna go ahead and probably, take a nap when you while you talk about this part. Just, just, so you'll probably agree with what I have to say. And I got some tea that I was like I told you earlier in the week, I'm gonna spill on the podcast with you. Okay. Um so Giselle is like with Bryant and they're driving back to the airport and she's having this epiphany to him saying that like you know she doesn't like the fact that they live apart and she really wants to live a more unified life and Jamal's like well I haven't heard this before this is the first time that I've heard it and like you know I don't take anything for granted hmm, 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 hmm. you better ask some of them women in that congregation what they love take for granted but anyway so um, they really come to this like agreement I guess I don't even it was kind of weird because it was essentially it, it didn't she she didn't say anything. It wasn't like she was saying, I want us to I want you to move to Atlanta. I want to move the girls to where you are or I like I want you to move to Potomac. It just was weird. It was very ambiguous. And he was like, I'm here for it. And they were so excited about it. Now, the thing that made me so awkward was when they got to the airport and they hugged. He kissed her on the cheek. Mm, <laughs> I was like, mm. now. Shout out to my Purple Pants Posse, a.k.a. my friend Sarah, because from listening to the show, I put her on to all of like the little Instagram accounts that follow all of the housewives and that be dropping the tea. And so this trailer that we're talking about of Giselle and uh, Bryant, Jamal, I keep calling him Bryant, Jamal in the car uh, came out last week and baby, the comments were lighting up. Now, do you watch love? Do you watch Basketball Wives? I do not. I used to, oh. so I know I know the people. Okay, so Bay Bay, we're on the street from the comments, and let me ooh, and let me just ooh, get my. I think I know this uh, one. Go, okay, go ahead. Let me just get I'm my ready. allegedly bell because listen, we don't want no legal problems over here. Okay, that's we. There's enough of Monique and uh, Candace going around, but allegedly from the comments in these Instagrams is that Jamal is just on the show to support Giselle, and he is really running around town with Malaysia from Love and Basketball. Now, mind you, Malaysia. I love me a Malaysia. And so 
when I saw that comment, I said, hmm, that's interesting. Oh, girl, no, you don't have your own uh, background uh, drop. Let's <laughs> stop. Okay? Let's stop it. But I went to Jamal's page, and he definitely is following uh, Malaysia. And I went to Malaysia's page, and he's definitely following her. And I said, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And, you know, at the start of Real Housewives of Potomac, uh, there was an alleged congregational member coming forward saying that she was pregnant with his la baby. Mm, la shame, honey. La shame. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. So, so I mean, whatever. I mean, anything... I, I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I I do very. I do very much so get mechanical from this relationship. I don't see the intimacy and I don't see the love. I don't know yeah. if maybe that they are purposely doing that because he's a pastor and she doesn't. They don't want to be overly affection affectionate. But baby, we know that Jamal is overly affectionate with a lot of women and a lot of baby mamas. So I don't know. It's just weird to me. You know what? Honestly, though, Giselle doesn't seem affectionate with anybody. I mean, I felt like her last boyfriend when they was at the strawberry pick. So I don't know. I like Giselle. Sherman. Sh- 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 oh, girl. Yeah. Come, come Sherman, on with the. Sherman, Sherman, Sherman. We love Sherman. This <laughs> just always remind me of another professor. Anyway. I know. Because Sherman. <laughs> so I, um, real quick, what nutty professor do you like better? Jada Pickett or uh, Jana Jackson? Mm, Jada Pickett. Mm, I'm going to say Janet Jackson. Oh, no. I like Miss Purdy. Doesn't Ms. Purdy. matter what the... Uh, uh, oh, now, that was a way better song, but no, I like, like Miss Purdy. Now, mind you, the whole time... I back in the day, I never knew what the hell she was saying. Okay, I never knew, and I also didn't know that it was like if you're nutty, 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 nutty for me. I never knew it was actually saying nutty, nutty, nutty for me, like nutty, nutty professor. I thought it was like la 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 for me. But child, you know we can't ever hear no what Janet say. But shout out to Janet. But anyway, okay. I think I watched that video like every day. It was on TRL because that. I mean, yeah, you were what you were like twenty six. I was like four. But um, anyway, back. I don't, the, I don't like, usually curse on the on the purple pants, but fuck off. Go ahead. Oh Go my on. god. Not la watch the la language. The la language is out. Okay, because I am only twenty six now, so how could I be twenty six back then? Oh. Moving la la- on. So so moving on, yes, it was a very mechanical relationship, and I don't know if he is actually dating Malaysia, but, you know, great to them. I think he should support his, his wife, ex-wife, whatever. I mean, let's all support each other. Next. <laughs> <laughs> don't support me with a fake relationship. But anyway, so then we get to Monique's. It not would be the for- first time in Housewife history. So go ahead. I mean, that is true. Extra girl Kenya. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to not for lazy moms. So she actually has the day of the event. Now, here is my issue that mm-hmm. I have with her. Okay. So obviously it wasn't sold out, uh, but she had a nice of amount of crowd. And I, you know, she is in the podcast realm. That's one thing that I respect about her. I would love to one day after the COVID is over, I would love to have a in-person podcast, which you would absolutely have to be a panelist. Just so, just let's say in. Um, And I love that. So I I love the whole forum. But what I did not like was, okay, girl, you're paying this MC. All right. You, You have this conversation with the lady talking about, 
I don't what want you gonna do. what you wasn't going to do. And then the first question that she asks is literally about you and Candace. Like you would not have been getting your Le check host. Mm. Okay. That's for I, sure. So I think they played that one up. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I didn't even understand it. Like, I just thought it was weird. Like, is it a live podcast taping or is it just like a panel? I, I, my thing is like record a podcast. Don't just like have random people up there just to have them like have people that are actually on the podcast that you normally have. That makes it more like engaging for your followers or your listeners. That's like, but you right, know, listen, then I mean, it's just like a random. But I mean, clearly you own your business and she's paying two hundred thousand dollars for an empty podcast. OK, and that, listen, and that don't even make sense because you shouldn't never have an empty room child you should pay people to come before you have or just room. make the event free but what should yes. look like they did because you saw towards the end all of them people came in child they was just probably la- gathering all the little people around it was probably so, just like that was interesting also was interesting for free Go ahead, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Also, what was interesting was that Ashley dropped the Latie uh, to Monique that Karen said that if she were in her shoes, that she would press charges. Now, this is really the subject that I want to talk to you about because I mm-hmm. actually, um, I'm team Karen on this. Me so, too. He, like, it, here's where I, I am because why can't she be, why can't she support both the ladies? And, you know, she I feel like she has I do feel like she's been a little easy on Monique uh, regarding the physical altercation. However, I do believe like, you know, stand by your friends, good or bad. Um, And, you know, sometimes standing by them is just being quiet and not saying anything. So first of all, I think she did show the clip where she told Monique you were wrong for putting your hands on her. So she did say that. So I mean, she doesn't have to castigate her. I think everybody wants her to like horse whip. Monique no, talk I, I about don't. Monique, but she's already said what she needed to say to Monique, and none of all of them could keep But she likes to sugarcoat. She she likes to sugarcoat a lot. But I, but I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. She said what she said publicly, and she doesn't need to berate her in front of the ladies. However, I also feel that that could be her opinion, and also her opinion to her friend Candace is, if that were me, baby, I would press charges. I don't see what's wrong with that. I, I don't like see what's wrong with that either. I, I, I don't I don't see why Monique is so offended by that. However, I do feel like I think it, Monique just wants to be offended. Well, I mean, here's here putting myself in Monique's uh, position. I hearing it, how Ashley told it to her, I would be upset. However, if Karen was really we saw the right. clip and she didn't say I would press charge. She said I would be looking into legal options. I mean, that's pressing charges. That. Girl, that's the pressing charges. That's the same could, thing. She could that- sue shit. Believe <laughs> but I mean that that's the well I mean tom, tomato lamato. However, <laughs> I do feel like Karen probably as a friend could have told Monique she said that to Candace. I feel like that's maybe the difference of what's missing here. But I do feel like you can support both of them and tell them like child cuz I could listen. I can remember I don't one think time Karen needs to report back what she says to Well, I mean, but in a group I like this and a and a group like this though and you know stuff is going to get back I don't even child listen I remember one time when I was like in ninth grade and I had got into a fight with my brother and like mind you he like beat me up and I shot listen I was running to grab the phone to call the police and my mom was like don't call the police no baby I'm calling the police okay so I'm with La Karen (laughs) press the La charges okay and the police showed up to our house and I told them what happened okay I don't La play put your hands on me and there will be La police correct I, I agree. Nope. I mean, I agree. So, 
No ifs, ands, or buts about that. It's uh, at least so, documented, okay? Oh, l- 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 hold on. La- <laughs> 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 we, are, we are milking this love for all it's worth. I love it. So, I love yes. Um, and I don't know. Again, I, I really felt like the energy. So then Wendy had a wine with Wendy, which I loved it all about black girls voting, which is great. And we know that, you know, in last elections, the black women really came out uh, and supported and voted. And I just also plug, 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 make sure everybody gets out and la votes. OK, yeah, it's important, important, important. And so I Although Wendy kind of sort of annoys me, she's rather becoming one of my love favorite characters on the show because I feel like she she says what she means and she. I, That's I just a Leno see- for me, so I'm gonna jump in here and say Leno. Um, I have to say the the wine with Wendy is that uh, she really shines. She finally for me shines because I I'm not really about her. Um, I think she gets very defensive, as we saw when she scooted her behind down into Karen and Candace's conversation. I was not about that. I was like, go, go on, be your whining with Wendy. I had loved everything she had to say in the actual event. But I don't know what it is for me when she's not speaking about political or societal issues. She loses it for me. Her outfit was ugly. At the event, I didn't like that high-waisted skirt. Looks like she was about to do a praise dance. Her confessional outfit was also as ugly. It was like this green taffeta thing that was like smashing one boob with like a black corner. It was lay ugly. So, so it's that. not her la outfits for me that I don't like. It's her la makeup. I feel like her la, she had, I even, oh, her la makeup is la shitty. Sorry. She no, she, it's la cakey. It's a oh. li, like it's just a little too much. However, we need to give her a little grace. This is her first season, and we do know the evolution of Housewives. We okay. always know everyone's first season is always a little suspect. Then they yeah. get to see themselves on camera, and then they get to change their gaze. So. I just want to point out and give a gold star to Karen's leather outfit as she went back up the stairs after she had the conversation with Candace. That outfit was it was like no leather. Karen's squad, her glam squad, aka the gays that get Karen together, do a great job. I really wish that Giselle would get her a glam squad like Karen. So despite anything, I definitely think Karen has the MVP award from first season to now because Karen has definitely her la look together. Well, let me just hit my other fashion things that popped out to me. Um, Giselle's pony at the Wine with Wednesdays was a um, a do better, um, but the, girl, the, I know you not. Girl, I know you not talking. Girl. I'm, not, I'm not on Real Housewives. Okay, because I was going to say, girl, you look you look Facetime me a couple of times, and your little ponytail was not together. So don't be coming for Giselle. Okay, okay? Look, look, first of all, look, okay. Facetime with Le you. So I was not okay. On a, a Facetime with Le me is like being on the TV. Okay, so moving on, I also want. <laughs> To say Candace had some shoes with some feathers on them. I thought it was a good try, but it didn't quite pass muster for me. Like, I liked it because they had shoes, there were shoes and they had feather on it, great, but it wasn't really anything for me. Yeah. But I have to say that the, the fail. 
the LaFell. Oh, God, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do you know it was that damn wig. Come on, guys. It was. It, it definitely, oh, La Robin. It La definitely Robin, looked like a party. Honey. It definitely looked like a party store wig. And I think Candace was right. It definitely was synthetic. It was the part to the side synthetic. was oh a mess. God. But here's the thing. I'm going to give Robin a La A for effort for trying to switch her look up. For her to have, like, okay. short hair and, like, switching her hair up again. I think Robin needs to get a good group of gays. Well, I think now, Robin. Her little, um, she had a pony. She had a slick back pony in her um, confessional look. It was a little boxy, but it was a good try, too. It was way better than that wig. That no, like for sure. See, I, I think she pays for a glam squad for confessionals, and then like events like this, she dresses herself. I think, girl, you need to pay the la taxes. Um, um, leopard hat and cane. <laughs> oh, cane. not la dazzle, girl. And, okay, girl, I'm send, I'm, I'm gonna send you the link for la dazzle too. But listen, um, I think that she just needs to spend a little more la coin, um, and just for her everyday looks for the people. But so that was really this episode, and we saw next week that the razzle dazzle. So, oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Why did I just say the razzle dazzle? The I'ma just go with it. The razzle dazzle of next week is that it looks like Monique uh responds to Candace's legal action by lassuing her. So mm-hmm. and this is again where this is where I don't like uh, Monique in the sense of because obviously we know Monique has a little bit more coin than Candace and you're just suing because you can and you got the time and the effort like girl you la beat her ass okay like (laughs) okay let's so I mean obviously you know she's filing charges against you that will more than likely be dropped and let it be la done like girl you la 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 filing charges back it's like okay girl now you just flexing your your resources and that makes me not look like you even more so I don't think she should have filed a countersuit but look hey baby when it's go time it's go time so this is the thing this is why you know, the escalating uh, issue, you know, can do things. And I do think that, like, Candace does like to escalate things. She was ready to go with um, uh, Karen if Karen wouldn't have, you know, kind of brought it back down. So I don't think, I don't, honestly, I think Candace is really immature. She has a lot of growing to do, and she kind of antagonizes people to, to get in these situations. But, like, let me tell you something, baby. If you are living in your mama townhouse, and you want to file assault charges against somebody who got three homes, then that's what you're going up against. So just know what you're getting into instead of listening to your mama, because this is big, this is a big mama territory, and she got the coin. And if that's what you want to do, she's gonna bring it, and she can. Not that she should, but she can. I mean, so I am ready to see next week, um, and I am super excited. Um, Bryce and I will have our hopefully we'll have our embellished we may not though because they're on back order so this might be something that comes along later because I was just looking at the website they're really cute but they're on back order so clearly she is paying off them $90,000 to the IRS through through this hat operation but I am totally looking forward to it what else is on your plate Mr. that's it Mr. I am I am lit chilling, you know, working on this podcast. Really, what we want to know is what have you been doing? It looked like you had a busy week on social media for STEM. So what's uh, been popping over there? So on Jatia PhD, last week was Nuclear Science Week. So I just got together with my kids and 
We made a couple of funny videos. Their new thing is Gangnam Style. They just found out what that was. So they had been dancing it to it all week. So I videotaped them and put it together. And so if you want to see my cute kids, you can go on Instagram or Twitter, Jatia PhD, and also learn a little bit about nuclear science and science in general. So that's about it. Halloween's coming up, so we did our costumes, and that'll be on the uh, Twitter and Instagram, too. Yes. Well, I can't wait to see my girl. I can't wait to see Lil Hurry. Yes, I can't wait to see what they are for Halloween. And we will check back in with you guys in a two weeks. And I can't wait to be back on the Purple Pants Podcast. And we are back this week, right? We back with bacon. We're back with Brooke Cam High, the winner of Amazing Race Season 29. And Brooke is back on the Purple Pants Podcast to recap episode two. Red, I mean, red lipstick is not my color. Okay. Hey, Brooke. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I, um, I watched this episode. I was really like first of all i felt like this this episode was like my life i was started off really high screaming and ended like not happy at all okay so you know that's where i'm at i i really like there's just so much i was so excited that they went to columbia because you know i think like a year and a half ago i had went to columbia and um columbia is such a beautiful city the people are nice the food is delicious the alcohol is wet so you know (laughs) i love it that's what you want in your alcohol yeah, it really is. Baby boy loves the wettest whistle, so you know I, I I really do love it. But I was loving this episode. I think Hung and Chi are probably my favorite people. I was like rooting for them the whole time, and I like yes, I when they I just I loved everything about them. Um, so I was like yes, they in first place again. But so what you got? Break us down with the amazing race. Hey, break us down with the amazing race. Hey, break us down with amazing race. Ooh, see? Okay. I like I it. it. You created a song. That's <laughs> you have talent. Um, so what I did was rather than introduce all the teams like we did last time, I sort of went through chronologically, took some notes um about the smart things, about the effing stupid things that people did and went through it task by task. And we can skip some of it because some of these people are a little bit boring, but for the most part, they're pretty great. So we start out in Tobago and the teams go 1400 miles west and a mile up to Columbia. And they're told to go to these salt mines, which looked incredible. Two acres of underground tunnels. And I wanted them to be in those little, remember ducktails? Are you too young for ducktails? Yeah, no, I know about ducktails. I had older brothers. I know about ducktails. I just totally aged myself. Ducktails. I know about that. So they go to these underground salt mines and they have to, the yield is back with a new twist. So if people don't know the yield, Years and years ago, The Amazing Race had the yield where you got to a certain point and you could choose to stop a team behind you from racing for a predetermined period of time. And they would have to turn over this hourglass and it was usually right next to a task. And so the people who were stopped were seething at you while you were completing the task. And it was very dramatic and very fantastic. But now the yield is back a little bit differently. So everyone in these salt mines could go look for an hourglass, a 10 or a 20 minute hourglass. And to use it a later time on the race, which leads me to believe there'll be multiple yields. And then they had to sign up for a time to leave the salt mines in the morning because they were sleeping underground, which is also really cool. Amazing. First of all, I just had to stop you. Uh, yeah. When they got there, there was like a dog there. First of all, I would have oh. been screaming because like I'd be like, ah, get, ah, ah, I don't want no underground mind dog touching me because like, you know, I'm not necessarily a dog person. Like I love dogs, but I didn't grow up with dogs. So I'm not like your your average person. That's like you see a dog and you're like, oh, my God, I'm the normal person that's like, ah. 
dog, get him away. And especially if we underground in a mine. Okay. Don't say normal. I would have picked the dog up and been like, hi. <laughs> I would have been petting the dog. And I guess Scott would have said, you know, leave the dog. We need to do stuff. And I would have been distracted by the dog. But that's fine. Um, so teams had three options. It was either, you know, don't look for an hourglass and make sure you were the early start time. Grab the first one you could find and try and be an early start time. Or take your time to try and find that 20-minute hourglass to benefit you later and maybe not get the early start time. Right. Now, that's the stupid answer as far as I'm concerned. The early start time was the key because of the five people who got the early start time, four of them came in one, two, three, and four. Right. And the fifth one committed the worst race sin you could commit and didn't read the clue, but we'll talk about that later. So what happens is we got Hung and Chi, Will and James, Riley and Madison, Iswar and Aparna, and I'm so sorry, I mispronounced both their names last time. I'm the worst. And D'Angelo and Gary are all the 6 a.m.ers. They leave early. Yes. I really love Tongue and Chi because they say, listen, we're not going to spend time trying to find a 10 or 20, whatever. The first one we find mm-hmm. is what we get and we'll go. And I was here for that. I am too. That's They, they race smart. And I think they're going to probably end up getting U-turned at some point because they are they can't do anything wrong. Even right. when they don't read their clues, they come in first place. They, they can do no wrong. And I do want to say, I think last week I might have been a little hard on Iswar and Aparna. I wasn't a big fan. I said they did some pretty effing dumb stuff. <laughs> I may have been wrong. I think I'm a bigger fan this week, probably because they got a little more airtime. I liked their back and forth. And they, they maybe not the best racers, but they were competent and they were good. And they came yeah. in fourth at the end of the leg. And I think I might have been too hard. So that's my mea culpa for Iswar and Aparna. It's quite all right. Iswar is still easy on the eyes, whether if you was mean or not. Okay. So we still like him over here. Okay. Plus, she reached out to me on Instagram and I think she's really nice. So now I feel extra badly about not Really? Did she listen support. to the podcast or she just reached out and was like, hey, Brooke? She reached out and was like, hey, Brooke. But then I'm telling her to listen to the podcast, especially ah. now that I'm saying nice things. Um, <laughs> anyway, James, the super fan of Will and James, suggests that all five of these teams work together as an alliance now, because he's and- a super fan. Okay, now I was like, now, ooh, now see, I don't really watch Amazing Race like this, Brooke. So you gotta tell me, do they, nor- do you guys normally create alliances with the top dogs? Because I was like, okay, now I'm liking this because, okay, I work with the the top tier people to kind of like help yourself. What, like, is this new or is it just because they such a Survivor fan that they want to bring Survivor to Amazing Race? What you think? Well, um, on my season, we there were a lot of alliances. A lot of us oh. worked together at one point on my season. We all worked together at a U-turn one particular team to sort of get them out of the race. Not because we didn't like them, because everyone else wanted to stay in. So... We got a little bit of flack online on for my season saying, this is not Survivor, this is the Amazing Race, this is not Alliance. <laughs> but you know what? It worked for us, and... I'm a big Survivor fan, so my partner and I were very big into helping each other when people can help us, and, and alliances were a thing. So I like I like this. And it played out a couple of times. The teams helped each other, and they helped each other stay in front, so this alliance worked. Anyway, Definitely. so the 6 o'clockers are running around Columbia to fight, have to go to this bell tower, climb a tower, and get either emerald or gold. Doesn't really matter. They have to both go to the same place and turn in this gem or this fake gold statue thing to get their next clue. So every six o'clocker is running around Columbia and then getting in a cab and going to this town square to go get their next clue. So while they're running around the town square, the six thirtyers, um, three of whom have 10 hour hourglass, 10 minute hourglasses. And it doesn't matter because nobody uses them. So there was no point in even dealing with them this week. That's fine. They all go to the bell tower. They're climbing up and then they head to the town square. And everyone, it seems at least with the editing that until much later in the leg, the six o'clockers stay together and the six thirtyers stay together. So the six thirtyers are heading to the town square, and this is where things go bad 
for the blondes, but, you know, for me, more importantly, for Kelly and LaVon. Yes. Which is crazy because LaVon speaks fantastic Spanish, so okay. you think she'd have an advantage. But they get in a cab with a cab driver who doesn't know where he's going, with a phone that's almost dead, and apparently he doesn't have a power cord because he's lent it to another cab driver friend. Okay, I, I even like that. First of all, if I was LaVon and Kelly, I would have whipped out my iPhone charger because I stay with like seven of them because I'm always losing chargers and people are always stealing them. Baby, I would have whipped out my phone charger and said, plug this in. Okay, <laughs> so I didn't like that. But I, like, I'm like, excuse me, sir, like how you don't have your phone charger? First of all, you are our taxi for Amazing Race. Okay, you got one job get us to the destination now i understand like i was getting really mad because I, I was like listen girls get out and get an uber okay or like you know get out and get a tut tut because he was pissing me off and then oh okay ooh, let, hold on 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 because no he really messed up my girls game because they was coasting yeah they were they were they're fast there was some running to do they i didn't think that they were gonna go home and i, I know i'm getting ahead of myself but I'm, Neither I'm did not I. for this. And I'm, I, I'm very disappointed in the ending of this episode. But So am I. And so l- let me just, girl, because I'm hot to try. So you just won't have to bear with me. So <laughs> the tender lovers, okay? Uh, the one who looks like Gabby from David vs. Goliath. Leo and uh, whatever her name is. So Alana. Alana. I like them, okay? I do like them. But see, they did something that pissed me off that I didn't like. And you know, listen, here on the Purple Pants Podcast, I discuss things and I just say, like, you know, they chose at the end to help the blonde sisters. And I don't know why that kind of sort of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Like, you know, oh, okay. Like, I guess just help them out and leave the other sisters to to disparage. But I didn't like that. Like, that. I don't know why that just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And I, obviously, we don't know the whole backstory or anything. But honestly, I feel like that tip that they gave to the blonde sisters is what really put them over Alana and Kelly. Now, another thing that I did like during this time when they were, like, decorating the trucks was I liked Uncle Frank. Okay, Ugh, he helped the sisters out and was like, listen, your stuff is over there. Okay, but I'm just saying that was something that I did notice and I really did feel like that was the ultimate thing that set Alana and Kelly home. Okay, so that's all I'm going to scream about. Uh, but I was kind of like pissed off a little bit because it's like, oh, okay. Oh, they're just so much fun to have around. We just want to work with them. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, Tinder. I don't want to stop you. I, I don't disagree with you. I, and I will say, I think she caught a little bit of flack online for this. because. And this did film a couple years ago. I'm not defending anything. Personally, I thought she gave the information to the blondes because of the three teams behind them. No offense to the blondes, but they're the easiest ones, I think, to beat. So keep around the weakest competition. Well, I mean, true, but to but they counter- didn't say that. Right, so, they didn't uh, say that. Yeah, and to counter yeah. their point, girl, if anything, like no shade to Kelly and Levon because I love them, but child, they the weakest team here. So like, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. But I just was like, well, that was interesting. But however, playing devil's advocate on my own self, honestly, it could have been a thing of proximity. Like, you know what I mean? They they literally could have just been passing them as they were leaving. And but I don't know. But I just feel like I like mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, I still love Leo and Alana, but I mean, I I, my, I I got my side eye on them now because I'm like, oh, okay, so you just helping out tips? You just, y'all free willy-nilly, but Tilly giving out tips, okay? 
But anyway, I digress. Because I was mad. To see, I was like, I was fingers crossed. I was like, ooh, let it, let them say they staying. Let them say they staying. Yeah. Let them yeah. say they staying. I was <sighs> hopeful for that, too. I, I mean, look, last week I loved Kelly and LaVon. She with the dyslexia and she's overcoming yes. and they still had a good attitude. And LaVon's getting to the tightrope and she's like, don't let my drink fall. And she is just yes. very positive attitude. And I was I was cheering at the TV screen. But then also Jerry and Frank, I don't know why. I don't know why. They're, if not my favorite, one of my top no. three teams. I love their dynamic. I didn't want them to go home. And, and I like the I like the blondes. I don't have anything against them. But no, of the yeah, three I, teams that were there. Right. I uh, I was here. And mind you, first of all, here's another thing. Jerry and Frank had me cracking up. First of all, is it is because uh, I forget. Is Frank is Frank the daddy or is Jerry the daddy? I think it's Frank is the daddy. I think, oh shoot. I well, think you disagree, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. The daddy of Frank and Jerry, first of all, he was a little winded this episode. So that was like a little concerning for me. I'm like, oh, no, stay in the pop-up, stay in the pop-up. But <laughs> I was cracking up, first of all. It like, I just thought of like any black father when like you're doing something to the car or something. The fact that Frank or ha- Larry, or I'm Jerry. trying to I didn't say Larry <laughs> now. The fact that he was on that ground, like he was underneath yes, the car. Was like, underneath I was the like, car, yes. I'm like, you know what? That had me dying. I'm like, listen, any, listen, that, listen, that's how my pop pop, I, I just, that for me was hilarious with the fact that he was under there like he was fixing a carburetor. Right. I'm like, sir, we ain't asked you for all of that, but I was happy that they were able to make it to the ends of the leg and kind of sort of get there. But, um, but okay, go ahead with your thing. Sorry, girl. But then I'm you have scared. Hung and Chi. I know I'm uh, jumping around, but Hung and Chi are doing the car thing. Stood. She, she could just stood. Up. She could stand in the wheel well. She's that tiny that D'Angelo and Gary are there and they got there first to that task and they left second and they're like, oh, we had a chance to get first place. That D'Angelo gets to the First of all, I've listened to the D'Angelo song 500 times since last week, and now every time I say it, I'm singing in my head. Okay. But, um, so D'Angelo and Gary. Yes. Okay. It's yes. like I'm listening to the rap. Um, so anyway, they get there first. Hung and she get there second, but Hung and she nail everything they do. Yes. And she stands in the wheel well. And then they come in first again, which is great because they didn't get a prize last time. So I'm glad they got a prize. They're going to Switzerland, which looked like an amazing leg win prize. And then D'Angelo and Jerry check in second. D'Angelo goes, oh, the soccer guy, you can do a backflip. I can do a backflip. And he impresses Phil with his backflip. And I like they came in second. I like that they jumped. I didn't want to see them go home early. And they went from 10th to second. So they did a really, really big leap forward, which I like. Yes. I um the next team I really want to talk about is yeah. the purple team, uh the Survivor fan Will and what's his uh the Will and the, James, James Will and the super James. fan. Right. James the super fan. Now they killed it, um, you know, creating the alliance and mm-hmm. doing all of that. But they really, first of all, I was cracking up when they went into the clown uh, circus to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you'll do it. He's like, no, you're a dancer. You'll do it. So, okay. I was like, okay, yes. But I then like Will it. goes, I can't do them all. Like he makes a right, little snarky okay. comment. Little shade. <laughs> I, I was here for the shade. And then also Will F things up for them at the truck because they're like, you know, what's wrong? First of all, I like how they was like, yes, the queens are dedicated to queens and they named the truck and they was like, listen, Claudia, she Claudia, Claudia, yes. 
It's fantastic. Yes. Fanta- I was into all of it until now, Bryce, Bryce, the clue. I went back and I looked at the clue. It says decorate the truck and then cook up its horn. It said it right in the clue. It wasn't even like you had to pay attention to what was going right. on around you. Just read the clue. I said it last week. I will say it every time in the future. Yes. Read your clue. That's the number one thing you need to do. And the heartbreaking part of it all, and I actually thought they were going to go home for a hot second, was James Superfan says, yes. where's the clue? I want to reread it. And Will's like, no, it's not in the clue. And and I just, you shake your head and you go, oh no. Like this just, you know, it's in the clue. Yes. It's always in the clue. It's always in the clue. And then not for nothing, if I was on Amazing Race and I'm around other people and I see someone like, you know, that goes like they, 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 they get to, they, they pass and they go, I'm going to take a walk from my truck and I'm going to go look at everything of their, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think yes. a part of Amazing Race is like not only staying focused on your thing, but also keeping a healthy eye on the competition and seeing what they're doing right. And I feel like that's, again, where I would be good at an amazing race is because like I'm not good at a lot of things, but I feel like my personality and my observantness makes up for a lot. So listen, I would have had, I would have been having wandering eyes the whole time. The um, other thing, Bryce, is when anyone else got their clue at the end of the car task, the judge honked the horn. Oh, okay. Oh. Everyone's hearing the horn talk. Yes. Do you that's... not think to yourself, check my horn, see if it works? Like, even okay. if you didn't read the clue, I I, I don't get it. Here, okay. I'm so glad that you just said that. Here was another thing that was that pissed me off this episode. Um, excuse me. Okay. If I'm yelling, come check my truck, baby, these judges just took their old time to walk <laughs> to the truck. I'm like, excuse me. This is amazing race. Not amazing stroll. Not amazing walk. Not amazing limb and not amazing role. I'm gonna need y'all to listen with your leather jackets. Hurry up and check my truck. Like, they were just, they were a little too slow for me. And see, again, this is why probably I would not want to be on Amazing Race because, like, you know, I have an alter ego. His name is Spicy Brycey. <laughs> and Spicy Brycey would have been like, uh, Mina, 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 Mina. Like, and they would have been like, oh my God, Bryce is so rude to the judges because, like, listen, I'd have been going crazy because they was taking a sweet time looking at the trucks, okay? And then, like, you, first of all, the second, first, they know that the horn is not hooked up. The second that the judge sees the horn is not hooked up like don't give me the courtesy walk around the truck tell me it's incomplete they do it on purpose i mean they no i'm not here purpose, for that Mita, look at the truck and tell me what's going on like don't walk like oh, oh, cool. okay. this is one of my biggest qualms when i was on the race they a couple of things we did we had to build this desk we had to i had to make this mask there were a couple of things we did and the mask thankfully i got on the first try but the, like the desk and stuff the judges will walk around they'll look at everything They'll look at the thing that's wrong. They'll continue to look for another 30 seconds or a minute. And then they'll tell you no, because they don't want you to know what you did wrong. No, no. It is infuriating. Yes, girl. And it's not I, the judge's fault. It's the producer standing next to the judge. I, no, the I don't care. Guess, down, but. guess what? The judges and a producer would be getting cussed out by Spicy Bricey, okay? <laughs> Even after we'd have won, I'd have been like, you could have won a little faster. Gracias. And then the cafe car went. But, sorry. I don't know why they just triggered me a little bit, but no, that's why those subjective tasks are a little bit harder. I don't, there wasn't a detour this leg. And part of me thinks that that truck was half of a detour and everyone just chose the same side. So they just didn't show the other side. So a detour, you know, a choice between two tasks, you can do one or the other, both teammates do it together. And there wasn't one again, which is very weird because there's usually a detour and a roadblock, which was the circus task. And I think that every team must have just chosen the same side. And so they just didn't show the other side. But if the other side wasn't subjective, like you have to make something look a certain way or whatnot, Mm -hmm. I think I would. I 
usually Scott and I talked about doing the task that wasn't subjective, a task where you had to find something or bring something as opposed to something where a judge was determined how well you did something or how well something matched because they can't really decide it's not good enough if you have to bring something to them or find something either you found it or you didn't. But right. that's neither now, here nor there. That wasn't if you and Scott team. were on this and you all got to the circus one, who would have done the circus? Oh, me. A hundred percent. He's okay, terrified but- of heights. And it's funny because on my season, there were three heights challenges. He ended up having to do them all. So, oh. <laughs> you know, the best laid plans, whatever. Um, but I actually like heights. And on my season, we had to do a bungee jump, but it was the last roadblock left. And we saved it for him in case it was something for brute strength. And it was a bungee jump. And I was so jealous because it, I'm going to go back. But it, I was so jealous. It was amazing. So heights things were me. And also, I was a dancer. I was a musical theater major. I was a dancer. So balance and heights would have been a brook task. But we chose everything wrong. So he probably would have ended up having to do it. Okay. Plus, he would have looked really cute in the makeup. So Yes. Okay. But... I mean, nevertheless, you know, all the other teams, they, they did I, you know, um, it wasn't really much uh, coverage of the other teams, but I could care less, honestly, right. because I was mad that my girl, Lavonna Kelly, went home. Um, and I just like, you know, of course, the like, you know, the only African-American girls, the African-American women's here, like, you know, and they're gone already. But. I mean, nevertheless, I really feel like, you know, it doesn't matter how early or late you go home on something like take it from me, the third boot, you really can still make something and you can make an impression on people's hearts. And I really feel that like Kelly and LeVon made a huge impression on me. Um, And, you know, they still cast it and they're still in my heart. Amazing racers. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm sad about this. I'm you know, I don't want to speak. I like Haley and Kaylin. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm not against them. Yeah, I no. just, Kelly and LaVon, I was cheering. I was cheering for them just like I was cheering for Jerry and Frank. Yeah. There's something just about the way that they got along. There was something just about their positive attitude. There was something just, I, I think it was last week that there was something about Kelly getting over, you know, not getting over the dyslexia, but, but persevering through, through it yes. with the dyslexia that I just wanted them to go as far as possible. Absolutely. And, you know, this was as far as they could possibly go. And it is what it is. And we move on and we have other teams we, we really like and teams that I slept on last week that, that again, Eastwar and Aparna <laughs> fan. Madison and Riley last week all I said was you know they're fine they're fine actually really liked them this week I liked I thought that they were a little bit more energetic I thought they were a little funnier I think maybe they just got a little more airtime and they were a little more laid back I I liked them they were a little more lighthearted I you don't seem to agree with me I mean you know they they those are the bearded volleyball brothers right I mean yeah they they cool like I mean like I I think the funniest thing that I remember was like when the guy was like this is fake and he was like I almost pulled his beard like you know but I mean (sighs) I mean well more character development with them I want to see them get more frustrated and things but I mean they're just if if, honestly they're for me standard quo at this point so it's like oh like you know but you know I, I I tend to root for underdogs. I tend to root for people that, like, you don't normally see on shows like this and that, like, you know, that bring something to me. To me, honestly, they just seem, like, very, like, they've lived very privileged lives. And, like, you know, like, this is just, I don't know. So I need to get to know more of them. But I think next episode, I will pay more attention to them to see, like, what's the tea on them. But, I mean, I don't know. That, that's but you're all just I got. still sort of... That's all I got that. for them. That, like, you know, it ain't that really, you know. You what know. did you think about Michelle and Victoria this week? 
the Cuban they, agents. Oh, so mind you, I, I thought they were great. I was worried that they were going to, I don't know why, but I, I worried that they were going to struggle on the roadblock, uh, the circus, but they killed it. So like, no, they like, you know, we didn't get much of them, but they killed it. Like, they did what they had to do. They knew what place they were in. They hustled, and they got through it. So, like, I was like, yes, I'm here for them. So, like, I didn't get to see, like, we didn't get to see the snarky snarky that I wanted to see. But, like, you know, still, like, still like them. Still want to see what they could do. Still want to see what they can deliver. But I think that with a lot of these shows, I think that your perception of the characters will change by each edit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, by each episode, something will happen, <laughs> and you will love or hate someone. Um, But, I mean, overall, I still think it's a great cast you know i ain't hating on nobody but you know shout out to my girl love on i got like because i was mad i still am and i'm you know i i hopefully and i think this is what happened i think they're going to inspire a lot of people i think levon is great but i think kelly especially with the dyslexia is going to be very inspiring i think she has a platform where she can speak up and speak out and i think that there are a lot of kids out there with whatever the it's not a disability, but whatever the learning, the need, the yes, extra need, I, the extra I, what, who I think are going to be really inspired is, and yes. that they can do more because of what they saw in the show. And I think that's a good lesson. I always say whatever your special power is, because I hate when we say like, like disability or something, because like it feels like it's something that actually holds you back. But no, actually, it's your special power that makes you unique and that makes you special and that makes you like what you don't what. What I find am I like, you know, early to late 20s to early 30s is that it's the things that you struggled with when you were younger that like you like practically could hate about yourself. It's really in your adult life is the things that you realize is like that's what harnesses your power. Um, And so I, I think, yeah, I think that they, yeah, it, it did a lot. Seeing her talk about that really kind of like inspired me. Like, you know, and I was talking about my story last week. But also, let me just tell you this, Brooke, because I enjoy talking Amazing Race with you and I okay. want to, you know, hopefully cover the whole season. But I'm going to just put a disclaimer out here now. Okay. I'm scared. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> if Frank and Jerry go home next week, girl, I'm done with the season, okay? I, I'm done with the season, okay? Okay, so uh, let me just say this, and and this is probably one of my little triggers, because, you know, like I said it last week, I did, I said, I did everything that they showed on TV, but I did make it clear that I think they edited out a lot of my happy. So there were a lot of scenes that were put online on the YouTube page and whatnot that showed me being happier and doing dancing around and having a good time. <laughs> and people would make comments and say, oh, look at this. She's actually happy. She's having fun. And it was very disheartening for me because I got a lot of flack of she's always crying. She needs a lot of help but with from other people and blah, blah, blah. And if she if they win, I'm never watching the show again. And like so and that's a little bit of a trigger for me. We're going to watch the whole season okay. because there are some great teams in there. Okay. That being said, if Jerry and Frank go home next week, I'm going to be really pissed too. So okay. I, I feel what you're saying, okay. but stick with it. I think okay. you should stick with it regardless because okay. I don't want to discount those other teams in there. No, you're right. That we you're also right. love. You're so right. Just, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say this. Just know. Okay. Thanks. Th- thank you, Brooke, for getting me together. <laughs> See, because I can Sorry, be emotional. That's, that's my fault. That's my fault. I just... I, I got me so mad when people were like, I'm not going to watch if Brooke and Scott are still in it. And other people would be like, yes, you are. Shut up. Shut up. Well, not no, you. Shut up. Those people. You're right. You're right. And I get it. And but but so no, you're right. But this is what I will say, though. 
Okay? And so, just, okay, this is what I'm going to say. If they do go home, then next week you are not podcasting with me. You're going to be podcasting the whole podcast with Spicy Bryson. That's fair. Okay? That's that's all. I like I, Spicy Bryson. Okay? That's some people I don't do, want a podcast don't. with Spicy Bryson because if Jerry and Frank go home, I too will be very, <laughs> very Sad. I watched yes. with some friends and I was, they probably think I'm a lunatic. I was screaming at the TV for Jerry and Frank to like yes. get through it, get done. Cause they edit it in a way, you know, where it looks like all three are going to hit the mat at the exact same time. Right. I, I think it was very close. I, I think it was not quite as close as they made it seem because Phil will talk to the razors for, you know, five minutes, 10 right. minutes, depending on how long you have. Cause he has a, you know, an earpiece that lets him know how far away the next team is. So he knows how much time he has to have a chat with you. And if a team is very close, you will stay on the mat and he'll bring in the next team and you're on the mat at the same time. So I don't think they were quite as close as, as close, the episode. Right. Oh, yes. Up. I love that. Like, come on, give us that inside uh, Amazing Race tea. But I was, I was... When the when Haley and Kaylin checked in, I was sitting there going, I mean, I'm going to be upset no matter what. I, I Jerry and Frank go home. Kelly and LaVon go home. I'm going to be upset regardless. And, you know, I have to come to terms with that. And I will. And we'll refresh. We'll refresh. For next we'll get time. it together. Yes. When they we'll- go to the Amazon. Oh, I, oh, I'm, oof, I'm excited. I'm, I am I, so excited. This, I, I will say, even though, and I shouldn't, these tasks seem somewhat on the easier side so Girl, far. you think so? Girl, I, I actually was sitting here thinking like, bitch, this is a lot. Like, I'm like, child, when did they cross the finish line? It was just task after task. After. I was like, child, let me get some water. So, okay. But see, you won your season. So, and again, okay. I came out so third place of mine. So, like, you know. I uh, think so, but I think it's like, it depends on for who. You know, my season... It, I told you in the first leg, we had to like canoe against professional racers. And then we had to like carry these super, build and carry these super heavy desks across Africa. And we had to, you know, put together this gym in, where were we? Brazil. And everything was very heavy lifting for at least the first four or so episodes of my season. It was a lot of running, a lot of stairs and a ton of lifting. Now for me, who's like, you know, soaking wet, I, I, don't weigh a lot and I have the strength of, you know, a wet noodle that <laughs> it was, these were very difficult for me. I am musical and I played the piano for a long time. So I was waiting for those kind of tasks, like the dexterity tasks, the puzzles, right. the Rubik's cubes, that kind of thing that where I excel and that's not where my season started. So for me, this, this beginning is a whole lot more enjoyable for me to watch because it was much more musical and attention to detail and those kind of tasks. So, but for other people, they might think that the heavy lifting and the straightforward, you know, paddling and stuff like that is, is, is a much easier route to do. So, but for me, I like this. I find these a bit easier, but next week looks like it's going to get difficult. They're in the Amazon, which is incredible. And I'm jealous. This route's incredible. And, and we'll see what happens next. I will say, you do see Jerry and Frank next week getting really upset. They're in a boat and and it doesn't look like things are going mm. well for them. Well, but also, it doesn't look like things are going well for Leo and Alana. So right. I don't know mm. what's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. Huh. Well, listen, I'm going to pack a book bag and I'm going to wear my book bag while I watch The Amazing Race because it just <laughs> makes me feel like I'm more into it. But thank you so much, Brooke, for oh coming my God, on for having me and back. breaking this it down. Fun. And listen, we will chit and we will chat next week. Hopefully you chat with me and hopefully you're not chatting with Spicy Brazy. But either way, <laughs> we'll be back to cover The Amazing Race. Oh, thanks for having me. See you next time. It is
Welcome back to another edition of Advice with Bryce. Let's go ahead and get right into this week's submission. Hey Bryce, I love the growth of the podcast over the last couple of months. I'm writing because I need some advice. I haven't had a serious relationship in years, partly my fault, and partly I don't want to settle. Although I have not had a serious relationship, I've been pretty good at keeping friends with benefits around. Yes, I know it might not be the most healthy thing, but it fills a void for me and it works for now. Which brings me to my unique question. So a guy that I've been crushing on for years, we recently started hooking up at the top of the year. Nothing serious at all, just fun. I like him and in a perfect world would want to explore more, but I'm aware of the lifestyle he leads and it's not one that I want to be a part of if you get my drift. I recently found out through a mutual friend he was murdered about a month ago and I had no idea. I've never been in a situation like this before. I'm not sure if I should be upset or what to do. Please, some advice with Bryce would be great right about now. Thanks for all you do. Brianna Garcia. Thanks, Nasir. Hey, Brianna. Uh, what a great advice with Bryce. Um, there's a lot kind of unpacked in this message. First, I want to say my condolences for your loss. And I know that you had said when you wrote in, you don't know how to feel. I can imagine not really being in a relationship with someone, having some form of intimacy and learning that the person has tragically died uh, could leave you in a place of like purgatory, not really not really knowing how to feel. But I, one, want to just validate that, yes, you should feel upset. You should feel heartbroken. You've lost someone. And I think that it's important for you to acknowledge that emotion with yourself. I also, in reading your advice with Bryce, kind of feel like you are somewhat making excuses in the sense of that you weren't in a relationship with this person. Um, you were just having fun. So as if that kind of gives you reason to like not be sad. Like, no, definitely. Uh, you're a human being. You have emotions and it is okay for you to be upset. And I think that you should, no matter what type of relationship you guys had. In the end, it's someone you had a connection with and they are no longer here. So that in itself is a loss. And so I think that you should spend time to mourn the loss and pay homage to that person in whatever feels comfortable for you. Writing a letter, playing music, just, you know, something, a memorial for your relationship with that person because it's not like the relationship stopped because you wanted it to stop. It's not like it stopped because he wanted it to stop. It stopped because he was tragically murdered. So I think that for your for yourself, it's important to have compassion for yourself and to realize he doesn't have to be your boyfriend. He doesn't have to be someone that you knew for a long time. The matter is, is that he's no longer here and you never got to say goodbye. You never got, you know, you, you there was just a lot of things that you never got to. And let's add on the fact that you guys had an intimate relationship, whether it was defined by the society norms as a relationship or a hookup or something. It still was a relationship that you had. So I think that it's important for you to mourn and give yourself grace to say, OK, you know what? I can mourn this no matter what the relationship was. 
I also read the email and I think that it's important for you to acknowledge that you said you haven't had a relationship in a long time and that you have better times or not better times, but you have better luck with hookups or or friends with benefits. And so that's somewhere where I can relate as well because I I've got you know I don't even want to use the term hookups but I have people that I've had relationships with but was it in a relationship and I can keep them for a long period of time and I think that it really drives to ask yourself like what do you want out of life because it says like you haven't had a serious relationship you say you don't want one but even in this message that you wrote, this person that has passed away, you said in a perfect world, you would want more from them. So I really feel like you have to kind of do the work. You have to really figure out where you are in your life and what it is that you want. And I know sometimes the people that we might be attracted to or the people that we like may be involved in lifestyles, like you said, that you don't want to be part of. And I think that that's where you've got to acknowledge that and say, you know what? I know I don't want to settle for things like that anymore. And I have to hold myself to a higher standard because I love myself. And I think that it's important for you, Brianna, to say that, to understand that, and to really feel that, that you love has to come from us. In order for us to be loved, we have to love ourselves. And I'm not saying that you don't love yourself, but in order for you to want more, in order for you to get more out of relationships and out of different things, you've got to set the bar higher. And so I think during this mourning process that you should allow yourself to go through when you come out of that, I think that you should think about what type of relationships you want to now harvest moving forward. Do you do you want to continue down this path of having relationships with men that end up getting murdered and you don't even know about it? So and that's another thing to just process in itself, the fact that like this person was murdered and you had no idea So it's a lot. And I think that you could learn from this situation in the sense of treating yourself to a higher standard, respecting yourself, loving yourself more and really kind of saying like, hey, I don't want to welcome this type of energy into my life anymore. I only want to welcome this type of energy into my life. And that takes work. That takes, you know, actually practicing what you preach. And that takes loving on yourself. And that takes, you know, attracting the right type of person. And that takes willpower. That's like, you know, hey, is it easy to hook up with someone? Yes. But is it easy to be in a loving, committed, healthy relationship? No. And I think that maybe you need to start reprioritizing prioritizing what you want out of life. Nevertheless, you've experienced a loss and I hope that you take the time that is needed, whatever is needed, only you know, to really mourn that relationship and to really kind of and use that and and in that person's memory, use that to know what you want. And even though it's kind of hard to as actually know what we want, but use that to know what you don't want. And knowing what you don't want is definitely a starting point. And I, I hope that this helps um, you, Brianna. And listen, email me, DM me. You want to talk more. You know your baby boy is always here for you. But definitely take some time and allow yourself and tell yourself it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to mourn as you should. And thank you so much for writing in for Advice with Bryce this week.
And once again, if you feel like you need advice with Bryce, please do not hesitate to reach out to the Purple Pants Podcast. You can contact Bryce at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? The freak of the week might be me, might be you, might be. And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week, Big Bang, and it is a goodie, okay? So listen, I told you I had a very lazy weekend. Baby Boy was wrapped up under these salacious covers, watching salacious movies all weekend long, okay? Enjoying myself. And so, you know... Every now and then during the intermission when I would change movies, I happened to scroll through the internet and the Instagram and I would see, you know, what up people are up to. And baby, I came across this gem. I came across the one, the only, the robber. Okay. I came across his Instagram this weekend. Okay. And baby boy was out here looking like a zaddy. Okay. A zaddy. T, you hear me? A zaddy. And Robert Post, today I am the best man to the best man. So happy for you and Patty. That's right. Robert's brother Danny, aka his twin, aka who I'm sad Danny is off the market, okay? Because listen, out of the two Sesternino brothers, okay, my pick might be for Danny. But listen, Patty, Aunt Patty got Danny locked up and they got married. So congratulations to those two lovebirds. But baby, Mr. Rob F. and Bert was looking like a zaddy, okay? Not the best man, but the best zaddy. So y'all know what to do. Make sure you go to Rob's page. And okay, I need to see them hashtags. Freak of the week. Followed by the at of the Purple Pants podcast. You got your homework. Y'all know what to do. Make sure you show some love. And that's sad. That means if we, somebody got some tissue for me, because if we are naming Robert the freak of the week, that means we have come to a salacious end to another salacious podcast. I'm so thankful for you guys sticking it in there with me. If you can make sure you subscribe to my podcast at Purple Pants Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Make sure you write a review. Make sure you tell a friend and 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 tell a friend that Issa, Issa, Issa! It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. The Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. She's trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. She's trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.